0: Welcome, Browns backers. I'm Chuck Campisi, joined by Tony Dick, and this is Believe in the Browns. And just to give you a quick background on who your hosts are, Tony Dick worked in various capacities with the Browns over the course of 21 seasons with the team. So when he mentions being in the building, it's being in the building. He started with the team as a member of the grounds crew in 91, worked with them up until the time they left for the city who shall not be named. Uh, <laughs> he rejoined the Browns upon their return to Cleveland and served his last nine years with the team as the team's manager of alumni relations before leaving in October of 2015. Tony is also a member of the Pro Football Researchers Association and has served as a research assistant for several documentary projects with NFL Films, NBC Sports, Time Warner Cable Sports Channel, and Epics. Myself, I have experience in the sports industry in various capacities with Major League Baseball teams, NCAA programs, the Miami Dolphins, the Buffalo Bills, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where I earned a Super Bowl ring with the Buccaneers. Super Bowl, anybody? 37. 37. Uh, And between Tony and I, we've probably worked about 20 Super Bowls. We're brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe... Welcome, Browns backers. It's Believe in the Browns with Chuck Campisi and Tony Dick. We're brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary. Tune in or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. You can also find us at Believe.com, that's dot com, and at Believe Podcast, that's at B-L-E-A-V Podcast. You can also find us at Browns Believe, that's at Browns B-L-E-A-V on Twitter and Instagram. Tony, not a lot happening in the Browns universe, but quite a bit happening in kind of the NFL universe, so to speak. We'll start with the NFL universe, probably the biggest recent news: Cam Newton signing with the New England Cheatriots. I don't know. I don't know how do we want to say it. I know you're a Belichick guy. Um, <laughs> I still think he's probably the greatest coach, but he's also the greatest cheater, which I think maybe takes him down a notch. Maybe I re-elevate Bill Walsh to so my number one guy. But Cam Newton signing league minimum incentive laden deal with the Patriots, what do you think about that?
1: I, I, I mean, I think any team that grabbed him, it's a smart move. I, there's there's still gas in the tank on on Cam Newton, and uh, to be quite honest with you, I'm a little surprised it took this long for him to land somewhere. Um, I, I know you know the money and the logistics sometimes. Um, gets in the way but i think for the patriots it's a perfect pickup i mean you don't really have a ton of risk you know i mean you've got a former league mvp you got a guy that's you know obviously rocket arm still has some juice in the legs um obviously you you know at quarterback you you've you've got names in in, in place and i you know i'm a big fan of brian hoyer but um you, you know brian would even say i'm um, you know brian hoyer you you know i I think he's like
0: what 38 year old brian hoyer or whatever he is now too so
1: so you know so i i think when when you when you look at the addition it's a lot i mean you're gonna have to add a quarterback anyhow you know that's the one thing i i always i laugh when people like i can't believe they signed this guy you're gonna have to sign someone anyhow because once we get into camp you always throw extra arms in there just because you're not going to have one quarterback making every throw during practice, so if you're going to have to have an extra arm anyhow, uh, having Cam Newton as that extra arm, I don't think is a bad thing. And it's like I said, it's a, it's no no lose for them. I mean, um, they've got a rocket arm in there for camp, and if he works, he works. If he doesn't, he doesn't. I mean, they still have the you know you know the quarterbacks in play that they were planning on going with anyhow. So. Um, I think it's just a great pickup. You know, I, I before we jumped on here, you know, I, I said I, I really wish – and I'm not saying he would have come to Cleveland. I, you know, I don't know.
0: Well, I think he, if we would have given him a, I think it would have taken to say you get an honest shot at the starting job. Yeah. And I don't think that was going to happen.
1: No. So, but – in a, in a perfect way. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, well, like. I mean,
0: you look at it that way. I mean, the Bears too. I mean, Trubisky. I mean, are you sold on that guy? Oh, yeah. I mean, just I mean, he's him and Baker aren't. I'm not going to say they're the same guy, but they're in similar types of situations where they're both prove it types of seasons. Yeah. Um, and I think the teams really wanted to see what they had there as opposed to bringing in Cam Newton. And I will uh, update Brian Horr only 34, only 34. Um. So he'll be about 35 when the season starts. But, yeah, when you can bring in a guy like Cam Newton and Jarrett Stidham is your scheduled starter, uh, and you have that former league MVP that took a team to a Super Bowl, had a 15-1 and season, uh, last time he was actually healthy, yeah. um, was playing quite well. I think that's the biggest concern for most teams is, is he going to be able to remain healthy? But then you see, hey, the Bears brought in freaking Nick Foles when was the last time that guy stayed healthy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So.
1: Well, and I think he has a better chance of staying healthy in New England than he did, um, you know, in Carolina. I, I mean I, I think obviously Bill's gonna be wise enough to put a line around him that's gonna give him Tom Brady type, you know, time to, yeah. to, to make his decisions. So, um I think it's like I said, I on on New England's end, it's a genius move by a by a great
0: organization that Allegedly cheats every once in a while. Uh, Allegedly <laughs> cheats. Allegedly. Yeah, it is a great move. I mean, having him on the roster, and, and if it doesn't work out, and he stays with the team, worst case scenario, you have a former league MVP as your one of your backups. Yeah. Uh, not a bad situation to be in in case. Um, well, especially
1: in the COVID now. environment, you know. You, you don't even need to get hurt now. You just need to get the flu, right? Yeah, I yeah. Mean.
0: Okay. <laughs> um, and then to go to the Patriots, penalized by the league, find a million dollars. Um, stripped of a third round pick. From that standpoint, what impact does that have on on the legacy on the team? I mean, my comment was maybe Tom Brady just wanted to see if he could win without cheating. You know, forget about winning without Bill Belichick. Maybe just wanted. Hey, what if I played this game straight up? Could I actually win?
1: Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. I, you know, obviously, I'm gonna I'm gonna sound like an apologist here, but I this is the one instance i wasn't there for spy gate or anything this is the one instance where i was i was literally six chairs so let's let's say three chair three feet per chair i was about 18 feet away from this crew that was videotaping this when it happened and um i'm going to be honest with you i, I mean uh, for most of the people that were in the press box it, it was pretty laughable because for one i mean let's start with the fact of who they were taping i mean <laughs> they're taping the cincinnati Bengals, and and the guys that were there okay, in and the last
0: time they were taping the jets when they got caught so it's uh well, you know.
1: but 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 i mean they the, the guys that were there and this is why i feel like it's not as big of a deal um the guys that were there taping we usually get there typically you know seven eight o'clock in the morning you know before a, a one o'clock game and and the guys that were taping were, were already there before we got there when we set up in the um in the press box so they had been following around on the field because um, the, the whole reason they were there it was kind of a day in the life type of thing so they were following the scouting department um and it was the scout the part of the scouting department that does the advanced scouting so what they'll do is um you know the next opponent yep. if they're going to play they'll go check them out so they, you know they're getting stock footage b-roll um uh, of the guy down on the field, you know, with a stopwatch and, you know, the, the typical yeah, stuff you're yeah. going to get. And then they had him up in the press box, and it was the same thing. It they, they would pan to him, kind of charting plays, and then, he, you know, just go to the field just to get some of that B-roll footage, which I, I guess in hindsight, I don't know how they cut their stuff up. In hindsight, I'm sure they could have waited till after the game and got some stock footage. But a majority of the stuff that they were um, they were filming because you could watch them panning was them actually panning the field behind um, their scout while he's giving commentary kind of explaining what he's saying. So you know I, I know it came out that they said well they thought that they were um, you know taking a look at signals and this and that but here's the reality uh, of that. Let, let's say they were taping it to look at signals. Um, that would be that would be an infraction. But the fact that you're allowed to have a scout there anyhow, like, like he couldn't do it on his own while he was there. Well, he I can, mean, he I, can,
0: but it's a lot. It's a lot easier to decipher it when you're able to go back to video and be like, okay, this was the signal, and then this is the play they yeah. ran, and you have a camera as opposed to human eyes looking at the sideline. Maybe that's the beauty yeah. of the whole day in the life of, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but it's just I don't know. Like
1: I said, when I when I watched what they were what they were doing. I'm sitting there thinking, who who sets up a ruse where they're there a full six <laughs> maybe, hours? Maybe before. that's the beauty of
0: the ruse, right? <laughs> yeah, Is who goes know. to this length to do this? And and, and that's the problem. For the Patriots is that they really haven't earned the benefit of the doubt on any of this. Yeah. So, I mean, well, I, I would probably agree with you. In, and in I a, think a lot, In well, a realistic scenario, yes. Do I think they were cheating in this instance? No, but it's a hell of a lot more fun yeah. to say that they were and that this is the reason that they're good.
1: Well, and that's really the reason <laughs> that they... Um... Security was called in was because it was it was the folks from Cincinnati were just going bananas, and I think that's why there was kind of the chuckle yeah. in the like like you know <laughs> come on I mean what are, what are we talking about here? Um, but yeah you know I don't know obviously it's one of those things where whether whether they're cheaters or not you're at a point now where um, you got to know that all eyes are on me, and um, so if you are going to do a day in the life segment which uh, I, I don't think I mentioned this before. In order to do that segment, they had to get permission from both the Browns and the Bengals to even be there. So, you know, if you're going to do stuff like that, though, you got to know that there's there's you know people are gunning for you. So yeah. you can't afford to have anything yeah. that even remotely looks suspicious. Um, yeah.
0: And that, but, and that's the thing is, is they're know. just they're just they haven't earned the benefit of the doubt.
1: But so I, you know, they, honestly though, I think I think uh, I don't want to I don't want to compare their owner to uh, to an Al Davis. But I, I really honestly believe that Robert Kraft somewhat relishes a little bit in this whole. Okay, yeah, we're cheaters. You, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. You, you know, because at the end of the day, they just keep winning. I mean, yeah. you know, so to me. If if they are cheating and that's why they are winning, maybe, maybe he took we a need spa to day. figure out maybe how he took a t- spa day. Oh, <laughs> uh, we we just need to figure out how to cheat.
0: If maybe that's our problem. Yeah, right. so we'll move on to as we've kind of seen the the Newton signing, the Patriots news come out, some of the other news we've talked about it in the past. It looks like Jadavian Clowney will not be coming to Cleveland. Um, that that ship has sailed. Um, whether that's good or bad. You know, I, I can't really tell you, I'd like to have seen him in a Browns uniform, at least for a season, um, but if he doesn't want to be here, then obviously I don't want to pay a guy that doesn't want to be part of the organization.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and And, you know, it's unfortunate, although, you know, it's funny, I, I actually, it's funny, I was scrolling through my uh, my Facebook feed, and I think it was about six years ago, he, he was here for the rookie um, the rookie camp, um, you know, when they, they bring in all the rookies for the whole league, and... Um, he was one of those guys on that day. Um, I walked away just super impressed. And it's funny because I actually I, I sent an email immediately after that camp to um, Amy Palsik, who's their director of, of um, media relations. And uh, I was like, man, uh, you guys got a good one here. Because he spent the whole entire day um, you know, running a camp. And, and basically what they did was they had every team uh, in the AFC all their rookies would run a different station in camp, and you had probably about 300 kids in this camp running through. And after it was over, my daughter and son had gone through the camp. Um, I just thought it was amazing that when you look at the number of kids that went through that camp, um, immediately afterwards, we have like an ice cream um, deal. So, you know, the kids are all piling into the ice cream. And he was just walking around, shaking hands with kids, saying hi, whatever. And I'm standing there with my daughter, and he comes up, and he's like, hey, are you Allie's dad? And I'm sitting there thinking, this is, you know, with the 300-plus people that are there, for him to be able to, to recognize, A, recognize my daughter, recognize that I was with her, and then take the time to come over and just, you know, say, hey, it was fun, fun to come on out today and uh, and participate in this camp. Daughter was, you know, had a great time. She was fun to work with. I'm just sitting there thinking, man, I, I mean, if at that age, um,
0: yeah, most 22-year-old it, guys yeah, are they're, bad they're not. They're not getting it. And, yeah. and
1: not to pile on him, but, you know, it's funny. Um, that same camp, uh, I think it was that same camp, or it was either that same camp, or the next year Johnny was there, uh, Manziel, and, um, it, you know, Johnny's a great kid. <laughs> uh, but but, but uh, he had been to my daughter's school like five days before the camp. And so when the camp, um, you, you know, was going on uh my daughter um was in one of the drills with him and she was just super excited to be able to see him again so she bought him well bought quote unquote got him uh a spongebob ice cream i think it was either spongebob or spider-man uh, i mean they're okay. both relatively similar uh, <laughs> but she gave him the ice cream and um because he was signing autographs he's like you want an autograph she's like no i'm not, i i did not get in line to get an autograph i i was in line because i wanted to give you this ice cream and he kind of like looks at her like, what the hell's wrong with this kid? And um, like takes the ice cream and just awkwardly like just <laughs> sets it on the picnic table and says hi. And she, she's like, well, I just want to thank you for coming to my school. And she's trying to give him a hug. And he was just kind of like, oh, my gosh, like somebody get this crazy kid away from me. Um, so when I look at the difference between the two, I mean, obviously two different ways of handling it. I, I Like I said, they're 21-year-old kids. I'm not going to put it on them. But I really felt like Clowney that day had a ton of respect for him. Obviously, the talent level is off the charts uh, for for the kid. Potential is off the charts if he could just stay healthy. Um, but uh, I, I really wish he would have come here because I, I know um, you know this probably wasn't his number one spot in his heart. But I really think if you would have plugged him into our defensive line, I mean, he could have done some special stuff. Oh, I agree. I, I mean, because there's you know with Miles on the other side. I mean, you got to pick your poison. It's like who's who are we going to let kill us? Uh, you know, that's yeah. what's going to happen every play. And it, you know, I think too, having him selfishly would have taken away some of the um, sting of just our linebacker core not being good this year. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, so you and know, sadly, that's
0: probably an understatement. Oh,
1: and I know, like I said, I, I know the ship sailed. I really think though, man, if if I you know, if they do what to listen to me, but I, I really wish his handlers would have been smart enough to recognize just the. How well, we don't know what the be. offer would it was yeah. from
0: Cleveland. I mean, maybe yeah. it was a low ball offer, and they were just thinking, "Hey, this guy's been around for so long. Maybe we can get him on some kind of Cam Newton-esque deal, right?" Yeah. Um, Which would be and, good though, because if you can prove yourself, then hey. Well, you know, yeah, maybe. but if I can prove myself and I'm making 15 million versus yeah. I can prove myself and I'm making five, yeah. um, I'd rather prove myself at 15. Um, And I still think he's going to get a a pretty substantial deal, even if it is a one-year deal when it does come time for him to sign. So the last kind of non-Browns-esque related item we'll, we'll talk about today, Tony, the Hall of Fame enshrinement weekend, the Hall of Fame game. The Hall of Fame game canceled. The Hall of Fame enshrinement postponed to 2021 Obviously, with the age of the average Hall of Famer that does come to that event, you and I have worked it several times over the past few years. It's it's great time. It's a, it's a good event. It's always good to talk to the guys. Um, you, can't, you can't risk it with them and their families, um, so probably a good move. The Hall of Fame game getting canceled, do you think that's going to lead to anything in terms of training camps getting pushed backed? Uh, the season potentially getting delayed, right? Where I think I, I saw on my my Twitter today or yesterday, I think it was today, we're seventy six days away, right? We're Lou Groza away from the start of the NFL season. Do you think that holds?
1: No. It, well, here's the here's the deal with with that game because I had a. I mean, I was looking forward to that game. I mean, to me being a kid who grew up in the 70s like the the, the whole Steelers <laughs> Cowboys there's some magic to it and in and, and i think i think that's part of the reason or a a major part of the reason i should say why that game was canceled because i do not believe that they were going to be able to have fans and i do believe there was going to be a ton of hungry fans coming to that i mean that game sold out in minutes Yeah. okay so and, and the other thing is you know, I don't want to say teams don't want to play in the Hall of Fame game
0: because I that that's not true.
1: But it is a fifth; it's the fifth yeah, preseason it, it, game. Yeah, it, it's, and, not um, to, it's not that
0: they don't want to. It's not they don't want to play five preseason yeah. games, right? If they had to choose between getting rid of not playing in the Hall of Fame game or not playing in one of their other preseason yeah. games, I agree they would choose one of the other preseason games. But yeah. they which, don't want to
1: which play you bit. know, that's a funny thing. I've I've always and I know they want the emphasis to be on that game that week. But um, I've always said why not. Why not play that game and then have those teams have? I know you don't want to go into a bye week, but you know, but why? Why do you need a fifth? Yeah, because you know, like I said, that's part of the reason why that was canceled because the fans want that game and they knew the fans weren't going to be there. Uh, It's tough for the city of Canton. Uh, I mean, obviously, that's a a source of revenue which is huge for this area, Um, and it, it, you know. For thing for me having been you know involved with alumni i think the tough thing for me is the 365 days that we have to wait for the next one because when you talk about a lot of these all hall of famers and and the fact that they are old and, and we look at just how many uh, great players have passed away in the last 365 days i think the tough thing for me um is just how, how many guys are we going to lose between this year and next year and, and by not having a hall of fame weekend um, that's just man, one more opportunity for all these guys collectively to get together. And it's special, um, um, not just for the Hall of Famers, but shoot, it, it, it's funny. You know, When you go to Hall of Fame weekend, it's funny to see guys who are non-Hall of Famers who come in for the weekend because, I mean, even though they're not in the Hall of Fame, that they grew up watching and loving football, and for them, it's just like they're just as giddy as everyone else that they get to be around, um, you know, the players. So... Yeah, for me in that regard, I mean, sentimentally, it's it, man, I, I wish we could have pulled it off, um, but it is the right call, and it's just uh, I don't know.
0: Yeah, and it's tough. I mean, know. we were at the we were working the Hall of Fame finalists dinner at the Super Bowl this year, you know, and to, to see those guys yeah. that were you know prepared to be selected, and then um, we're going to be enshrined this, you know, this August. It's it's a sad moment for them in in terms of hey yeah they're gonna gonna get enshrined, but you know they were really looking forward to this August. I'm sure they had all their plans made, all their family coming, all of those types of things, and then to just delay that it's just that. You know, it's a sad moment. Not that, yeah. that that's heartbreaking and, and, and oh, my God, I feel so bad for this guy who's going to get inducted to the Hall of Fame. But right. it's still, hey, you know what, it's, it's a moment that they could, they were looking forward to and, and to delay that at all is is a little bit of a sad note for them. So we'll move into some Browns stuff, Tony. Um I just got an email the other day from some folks saying, hey, the NFL has said we're ready to have fans in, and, and some of the guys I know that, that used to work at the Indians that now work for uh, some third-party companies um, are in charge of staffing, and they're like, hey, man, if you got any students ready to work this season, I am dubious on that, and I know you were mentioning, hey, you know, non-essential personnel from the Browns have moved. um from the practice facility to the stadium to help uh, limit the number of folks that are in the practice facility on a day-to-day basis to make sure the players and coaches stay healthy, and we keep that building as as clean and sanitized as as possible, make it that bubble that everybody talks about. And then you were there just this past week doing some stuff from Zebra. Talk to us a little bit about what you think is going to happen with the season, maybe the transition of that personnel from the – facility to the stadium and then what you were doing with zebra uh and why that's important not only just for the browns but for the nfl and and analytics geeks like myself well i
1: I mean to me i i started out thinking we could have the season we could do it with you know maybe do it without fans or do it with limited fans the more and more i walk through that stadium the more and more i think about it in my head like I, i replay my typical game day what it looked like in my head i just don't I don't see there being any fans in the building. I just don't know how you could do it. Um, and, and, And let me preface this, too. i should probably stop and preface this. The thing you have to realize is you've got 32 teams that are playing in, I don't know what, 28 different states, right? So... You know the, the, the key to this whole thing is, um, you, you know, how do we make this fair across the board? So, if we have one governor decides nobody's coming, um, you, you know, how do we do that as far as just being fair to each team's, you, you know, with sharing of, of monies? Or yeah, whatever. Oh yeah. Um, so, so you have that already, but then when I look at that stadium, uh, you know, you got 65,000, 68,000 people that have to enter the building even if you were to say we're only going to put a third of the that in there okay so let's just narrow, we're going to take it down to 20,000 people how do you socially distance 20,000 people and get them i mean you're not going to socially distance 65,000 oh i i'm i, but I how, how do you socially distance 20,000 people and then if you're bringing in 20,000 people i know it's not 65 but staffing wise you still have to bring in almost a full staff you can you can cut back a little bit on some of the things, but but how's that look? Like how do you even get those people in the building? Well, and
0: that's the thing, and you know the, all the stories about oh well, we'll have it like you can't come in until this time. It's like, dude, have you ever tried to board an airplane? Like people oh, yeah. <laughs> just even during now, you know we we traveled not that long ago because we had to go uh, take care of my mother in law. I mean, people. It's, it doesn't even matter if it's their group or their yeah. section or whatever. They're standing there. They're huddled. Oh, they're yeah. waiting. They're, you know. And so, okay, you can't come in till twelve thirty. Okay, great. You tell somebody that. Well, what happens if they're just standing there waiting? Yeah. Or what happens if they actually just walk up to the ticket, ticket? Are you going to say no? You got to go back of the line. Yeah. So now you're just pushing them back out into all the people again. Like, it's it's ingress and egress and the bathroom situation. And the concession stands, I think they can handle the concession stands with some of the deliveries, some of the ordering by phone, all that type of stuff. I think they might be able to manage yeah. concessions. Ingress, egress, and, and people at the restroom. It. I, I don't know how you're going to handle that. Are you going to tell, hey, you can't go to the restroom during the first quarter?
1: Yeah. Or, or if, you, if you do have to, you know, I, I stood there. I was up on the roof of the stadium looking down, and I'm sitting there thinking, I'm looking at the rows thing and how do, how do we get our 6 feet? I mean, do we go every other chair or skip two chairs in between people? Like even if you did that, all it takes is is uh, like even if we skipped every two chairs in some of those rows I'm counting there's going to be 5-6 people in the row. So if the guy in the middle's got to go to the bathroom, he's got to I mean, there's not a ton of room yeah. to get past people. I don't know how that happens. And um it, you know, and from what I've heard um in preparation um Heard this from a season ticket holder in preparation for having any fans in there. The first eight rows all the way around yeah. the lower bowl have been cleared out. Yeah, so, yeah. Last
0: week they mentioned that. Yeah, so and their logos and yeah, I mean they're going to make money on the sponsorships. Right? Yeah,
1: but but it's like, you know, what okay, where are you going to put those people? Because you got to imagine if you're in the first eight rows. You've been with the team. As you're a season ticket Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, so so it, that I don't I don't see how it's going to happen. I, and it's one of those things where you're almost better off just saying no fans at all than even trying to attempt it, because if you only let in some fans and, and not others, I mean you're you're killing relationships. Well, and you, you've you already know.
0: had I think three teams already. I think the Patriots are one. I think that the Bears just announced it. and one other team. I, I maybe Carolina. Uh, that they're allowing the season ticket holders to defer this season. So they yeah. don't have to buy season tickets this year and they'll still be in the same seats, yep. you know, at whatever for the 2021 season. So as, as teams are adjusting to that, I think it it's going to be a real challenge. So
1: so that that's just the fan end of it. Now, now as we're walking through the locker room and you're looking at the locker room and you look at the guidelines for just how much room you you need to have in between I don't know how you pull that off. I mean, you're you're, especially preseason. You know, regular season, you can you can kind of you know make room for
0: guys, but well, but still, I mean, preseason, you got you're not you don't have to maintain it within the team because I mean, there's no way you can possibly do because you couldn't have practice then, you know, you couldn't play the game. So I, I don't think it's it's an issue in the locker room in terms of players. I think it becomes an issue in the locker room in terms of media.
1: Oh, you're not gonna let them. The media just won't be. They yeah. be given access. And how they'll do post-game, I don't know how they're going to do post I think you're going
0: to have to do it on the field. Yeah. Right? And just have – it's almost going to be like Super Bowl Media Day yeah. almost after every game where you're going to have – because at least you'll have some space because you're not going to have as many people on the sidelines as you normally do. Yeah. And you're just going to have to have, like, little buckets where it's like, okay, you stand here, you stand here, you know, the quarterback's here, the wide receiver's here, the tight end's here, yeah. the – you know the linebackers there.
1: It'll be interesting to see. Interesting to see if they can pull that. Off. I, I mean, I, I don't know what that looks like in November, December. I mean, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't Tampa know. won't be a problem. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so that that's when it, you know that and just the, um, you know, as you're looking at the the uniforms, uh, you know, I'm, you know, how do we how do we? You're not going to have guys wearing masks. That's not going to happen. Um, there was some talk a little bit about full shields. I, I don't know if if that's you know if that's the way. It goes. The problem the problem with the the game is that there is so much contact oh. that there is no real way to to. I mean I don't know. The full shield is
0: not going to save anybody when you're no. tackling somebody and you're rubbing sweat on sweat and blood on blood and. No. I mean <laughs> I mean you, you would
1: you would have to literally instead of having the trainers run out with squirt bottles you'd have to have them with a Purell just you know, misting people. Yeah. <laughs> or, <laughs> you have to
0: have some kind of full body suit with disinfectant, like <laughs> built right. into the layers. I don't think that's going to happen. So, but, but yeah, so I, I, I don't know, I, you know,
1: I I'm talking to people in, in college, but I think probably college is probably more jeopardy and more jeopardy of not happening than the pros. Well, you've because already seen of the numbers. Yeah. I mean, Bowdoin's um, already
0: canceled their season. Uh, who? Uh, Williams college. Yeah. Did that as well. Um, oh, what was this? Morehouse did it as well. So yeah. you have schools of all kinds of different ilks. Um You know, uh, two of the oldest institutions in the U.S. in terms of Bowdoin and and Williams, and then you know an HBCU and one of the older HBCUs in, in Morehouse. Uh, it's it's going to be a challenge for collegiate athletics, definitely. So with that said, what? have you been doing with zebra so what were some of the things why were you up on the stadium a lot of fans don't necessarily know what zebra tech is so talk a little bit about what they are and and why that's important maybe not necessarily for the average fan but for that big stat fan and specifically for teams now as football becomes a little more analytical in, in how they're making decisions
1: it, well for for anybody I, I know a lot of folks follow the next gen stats or, or even if you don't follow next gen stats if you're watching the games uh you know oftentimes on sunday night monday night um the, they'll do like a small feature on the next gen stats and um, uh, all those numbers come from the work that we do and, and essentially um, my role with, with the company I, this is my third year um, working with zebra I mean, we essentially, and what what I did last week was we went through every set of shoulder pads that the guys are going to wear next year, and we put um, uh, receivers into their shoulder pads. So it's, um, you know, it it shoots up an RFID. um, um, And so we put one in the left, one in the right. If you're a guy that puts their hand in the dirt, you know, a down lineman or whatever, we put a third on the middle of their back. So there's always something shooting a signal straight up. Um, also, um, which is is something that originally wasn't done, but now it's, it's, it's done, um, for every game, we put chips in the shoulder pads of all the referees, every piece of equipment, um, that the referees use. So the, the chains, the 10 yard marker, you know, pylons, all that stuff, those are all chipped. Um, and then the football has a chip also, um, in it um, well, each football has a, has a chip in it. So that allows us, um, when the game's going on, what happens is we get there early in the morning, uh, we turn on all the chips. Um, y- you know, there's like a little wand, dart wand that you wave over these chips and it turns on the, the, re- the, the, uh, the frequency. And, uh, basically during the game, what I do is we, we sit there and we, um, we log the game. We we create a digital version of the game. So instead of uh, you know NFL films or or the NFL itself is collecting the, the video actual video, we are making a digital copy of that game. And then what you know what's this for? Um, well, a lot of the things that um, that teams will do with the data because at the end of the game we you know both teams are chips. So we turn everybody on. Um, we, we record all the data. We put timestamps on the data. So essentially every play I sit there, it's, it's, it's really exciting stuff. <laughs> I sit <laughs> there and I have to, uh, I push a button when the huddle starts, push a button when the huddle stops, push a button when the line's set, when a guy's uh, when a man goes in motion. And then once the play starts, hit when the, the uh, there's a snap, you, you tap a button. Um, then you have to really focus because you, if there's a handoff, you click handoff. You have got to click again as soon as there's a tackle. If there's a pass, um, you have to identify whether it's a, a you know completion or incompletion. I mean, so it's it's funny. People are like, man, it's awesome. You get to watch the game. I'm like, I you're so hyper focused on it, and it, this it's not as critical as this, but to compare it to something. It would be like being an air traffic controller i mean you can't take your eyes off and let two blips run into each other i mean you you, you have to be paying attention so it's intense um but on then at the end of the game all the data that we collect gets all it gets uploaded so all 32 teams have access to all the data okay that we collect um which which includes um you, you know miles per hour uh, you know that you get all that um so anyhow with the teams it's up to them what they do with it and some teams are really really good with you know (laughs) kind of going through the weeds on the data um you you know uh, the eagles are a team that um does it a ton um new england's got a whole you know group that just that's all they do is the analytics the browns have a great analytics team and uh so when they take that data they all look at it for different reasons um you know the the one the one team we talk about uh the Eagles, you know, they use a lot of theirs. Not just so much for um, scouting purposes, but they use it a lot for medical purposes. So, you know, when uh, Wentz, you know, got injured, um, you know, they it was great because they had a body of kind of data that they could look at. They could tell how fast, um, you know, his ball was being thrown. The the, the the rotation of the ball, all that, yeah. right? So then, when when he starts rehabbing from his injury, you know, in the old days they used to say, "Well, hey, you know, how's how's Carson doing?" Oh, he's about seventy five percent. Yeah. Well, now you can actually go through the data and you can say, "Well, he's not seventy five percent; he's seventy eight point three percent," because <laughs> you have his data before, and and then you can look at the data where he's at now as far as his arm strength, and you can you can get a better idea of, of where he's at. Another thing teams can do with that is, um, you can look at a quarterback and it's much like you would like with a pitch count for a pitcher. You can watch those numbers uh, during the game and see, Hey, after so many throws, does, does the velocity on our guy, uh, is his throws drop? And if it does, how much is it dropping? And if that's the case, do we want to run, you know, you know, you start to tailor your uh, playbook, towards that. You yeah. know, if I know a guy's velocity drops off in the fourth quarter, I'm not gonna have him chucking the ball downfield. You might you might wanna, you know, go to some checkdowns where it's you know much shorter throws. Um so that's but that's up to the teams to see that. Um for scouting purposes, I mean one of the coolest things I, I like to see is, you know, the miles per hour on the running back is always fun, right? You, <laughs> know, you see a guy like on a ninety yard run. I know Nick Chubb yeah. they had him. Yeah. Um you, you know they tell how many miles per hour he's run but the the one thing i love to see is the close you can clock closing speed a uh, cornerback to a wide receiver and i think for scouting purposes that is great because you know we say it all the time you go to indianapolis and you run a 40 in the combine that you know okay that's your yeah. 40 time but to Underwear know what, Olympics. yeah to, to know what someone's closing speed is at that position, at a DP position, in pads, in yeah. an actual game, yes. I, I think that's that's important information, um, not just for scouting purposes for other teams, but for scouting purposes of your own team.
0: Um, well, I mean, free agency, you know. too. I mean, you yeah. see, yeah, hey, are our guys' numbers going up, or are guys, or maintaining, or are they dropping, right? Hey, this season, wow, this guy took a big drop. Like, hey, maybe it's time to cut bait, yep. you know? And so you have, yeah, a lot of that stuff. And tracking those games, like you say, entering that information, hey, it's a handoff, or it's, you know, hey, it's play action, whatever. You're gonna have to look at that. If, if anybody's ever done you know media relations stuff, when you've kept stats for a game, you know yeah. on the right. on the side, it's the same type of stuff, um, and, and that can get uh, it can get busy at times. Yeah,
1: we usually only we only chart we try to chart one quarter at a time. Then you got to take a break because it just like I said, it it gets to be too much. And then where it really gets nerve wracking is uh, you know Baker last year. Um, I would get so frustrated with him because there were times where, and not because you know we did anything wrong, but he would he would do a, t- a ton of play action and stuff. But he was doing it so well, and we're up in the press box, so you're not right up on it. So you're like watching, like God, did he did he hand that off or not? <laughs> and, but you had already hit the handoff button, and then you know to go back is you know it's a whole process to kind of edit so every time he would do something like that you know it's funny because you, yeah, you're, you're supposed to be neutral in the in the press box but i'm like you know every once in a while i'd let an explicative out um under my breath um just man will you just hand the damn thing off so i could get this right but um but it's fun it's fun and uh like i said I, i'm really excited to see where the future of this technology goes i know um you know we're we're chipping uh, players in the G League um, for the NBA, um, so that we're taking a look at that. Uh, Ohio State University uses it for their football, but they also now use it for uh, their lacrosse team. So um, there's that. I know
0: um, uh, like the World Rugby Federation. Yeah. I, well, I, I mean, be... you see, I mean, if you if for anybody who's interested, if you go to the Zebra website, there's there's player tracking positions Tallahassee. So you're talking four states using it now. Austin, Texas. So you're talking about University of Texas is using it. Um, So you have, you know, these big schools are all going to start using it if they're not already using it. Yeah. You know, your Power 5 schools are going to have it without a doubt. And so it's going to be interesting to see kind of some of the sports. And you see how it's happening you know, not necessarily with the chip technology, but with some of the, you know, the wrap soda or data that, that comes out in baseball and, and all that type of stuff where they're talking about spin and rotation and all of those types of things as well. You're going to start measuring every little thing yeah. and figuring out uh, what matters.
1: Yeah, and it's, um, like I said, it's an industry that, um, you know, really their, their start, um, you know, the use of this technology is when you see, like, the cargo ships come in with yeah. the big containers. Uh, the containers are all chipped and, and, you know, so you basically can flash, you know, and that's what I was doing up on the stadium. You've got antennas set up all over the stadium that are collecting this data. But when you see a ship come into port, it's the same thing. They can, they can throw um, the antennas on to you know, the cargo there and they can immediately tell you what's in each box. I mean, it's amazing technology. I um, mean, it's only going to get better as the processors um, start to get smaller and, and smaller. I know ours, it's funny, um, you know, last year, the the new chips though they were a little bit you know thicker in the past but that's because it had a, a bulkier battery so that we could last a little bit longer um uh but still you put it right underneath that epaulet on the uh you know the flap on the top of your shoulder pads you can't even tell it's there i, I mean and it's amazing like i said we, you turn this thing on i basically walk around with a laptop and this little wand you just wave the wand over it and it starts emitting um yeah. frequency and it's like i said uh Amazing technology. Be really interesting to see um, just how how much we can do with it. I'd like to see at some point, you know, doing like shoes, individual shoes, gloves, you know, so you're yeah. actually mapping like hand movements, and everything. I mean, I'm sure that's well, coming down the road. It's I mean, coming.
0: The only thing I think is in the next CBA. I mean, this one's a long one. I can't believe a player signed a 10 year CBA. Uh, yeah. To me, that's uh, I insane. Uh, I get it from an owner's standpoint but I do not understand it from a player standpoint whatsoever. The next CBA I think this is going to become an issue. Yeah. Right. What? Who gets to keep that data and whose data is it and yeah. all of those types of things because it is going to have the impact on free agency, you know, yeah. cutting, releasing, all, you know, signing all of those types of things and and players aren't going to be happy about it.
1: Yeah, so. and, and I can see players not being happy about it. But to, to me, if I if I if I am a player, what would you ra- What would you rather have? Someone you know, old school stopwatch
0: time in me, or
1: eyeball time in me, or you know, it, it can go both yeah, well, ways. well, it can, so, it know. can.
0: But it's like I want to own the data. Right, yeah. I, I don't want you know. Yeah. Then you're going to have to pay me for it. Well, and, right. It, if you want that data, yeah. it's my data. Right, yeah. it's my body. I'm doing the things that produce that data. I'm going to have to be compensated in some way. And so it's going to be, have to. and that's the thing. Yeah. I think it's still going to be there, but it's going to, it might swing the CBA negotiate. Hey, we need an extra percent of league revenue to, to agree to this. Yeah. That's all I think. I I I think it'll still be there. Yeah. So, all right. So the final things we have here, Tony, we've ran a little bit. We're almost at the 45 minute mark. OBJ free to practice. I think everybody's happy with that. And then, as you mentioned earlier before we jumped on, um, the only kind of real news out of Brown's camp is we still don't know who's going to be calling the plays um, for the potential, shall we say, 2020 season season. What do you think of that? Should Stefanski turn it over? I think he should. I think we had that conversation earlier. Uh, But what do you think is going to happen? Specifically because we are this far out and we still, quote-unquote, don't know.
1: Well, I I think initially he's probably going to want to, um, you know, it's like training wheels, right? I mean, he's going to want to make the calls. I think think he's smart enough. I, I mean, obviously, we're saying this from the outside looking in, but just... You know, Talking to people who have actually talked to him and, and kind of listening to what he has said. I don't think this guy's a an egomaniac or a moron. Um, so I, I think he's smart enough to realize he's got enough on his plate. I, I mean, he would have had enough on his plate when you think about it. He had enough on his plate just being a first-year coach. But now when you take away all the special privileges that a first-year coach has, I mean, he. that's all been stripped away from him. He hasn't had the extra mini-camps. He doesn't get the extra week of training camp. I mean, all that stuff is gone. See,
0: but does that backfire and in, in not backfire in, but in the sense of, does that make him think, I need to have then more control implementing what I want to implement specifically on the side of the ball that I'm comfortable with. Therefore, I am calling the plays because I yeah. haven't had that time to work with these guys and 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 the coaches we have
1: on yeah, that staff, I, I, I mean, I don't, you know, like I said, I, I can't. I'm not inside his head, but I, I just think I almost feel like the minute everyone gets in that building, everyone's going to realize just how far behind they are, whether they've been working out or not. And, and, and you know, at some point, the rubber's got to hit the road. And I think as you get closer and closer to that first preseason game, you know, as he's trying to just maybe even learn his players i mean he's probably going to be walking through the hallway like he, he, you know it, it obviously it's nice because they don't have staff there Don't we'll have to worry about he's gonna be like mike gundy ones. he doesn't know what his yeah. players names are but um i i think he will be smart enough to you know kind of hand that baton off i would hope um maybe i'm wrong I don't yeah know. i mean I'm an, I'm an avp i'm an avp guy i like alex Van Pelt. i like to was yeah. at
0: the bills so i i kind of hope he does but from the standpoint of yes i think it's the right decision from just an organizational standpoint. Yeah, and so. then,
1: and then you know we you mentioned Odell, he's ready to roll, and and I I hope, I hope for our sake, that he he has an amazing season. I mean, obviously, I'm not rooting against the guy. No, at, at the same time, though, I just it, it, it's just the 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 distractions, and I know earlier in the week, uh, was it the Alex Wood? Dodger pitcher. Um, he said that you could bank on the fact that Beckham's going to land in New England. I mean, I don't know how much inside information this <laughs> kid's got or not, but, but it's just one of those things where I think it goes back to what we had said, you know, several months ago, the key, well, I think when the schedule came out, we talked about it. The key to this team is going to be, they got to get out of the blocks hot. I mean, they, they've got to get out of the blocks with some wins um, I feel like if we start losing games early, um, that's when this kind of talk is going to ramp up, and, and it'll continue to ramp up as the season goes on if winning does not start and he does not, you know, produce. Um, so, you know, like I said, I feel bad for Stefanski because he's up against enough as it is as a first year, and I'm not saying they're going to get rid of the guy, no, right? I but but, but here's don't. the thing: yes. I mean, you're with an organization that they're their stability preaches. has been an issue yeah yeah so uh, but but yeah I just man I wish I'll be honest with you I wish we could have unloaded him for something before the draft because I think for as much value as he has talent wise he brings
0: so much just nonsense to the table that it's it's tough it, it, it is it's tough. I mean I would agree I, I I' like having his talent on the roster um but the the circus type elements because it's it doesn't always lend itself to to positivity. Like there's yeah. certain there's different types of circuses, and his is uh, generally a circus about him leaving, being disgruntled, going somewhere else. It seems at least the positive things that I've seen though over the past few months is it seems that he's constantly directing everything towards this season being a success getting on board oh. doing all of that so I'm on board with it right now when he was with the Giants and you know constantly talking about I need to be traded I need to get out of here blah blah, blah. <laughs> that's the nonsense I, yeah. I don't want to hear because that's disruptive I think what he's brought now if he can continue to bring what he's brought for the last several months I am I'm on the I'm on the train man you know I'll, I'll take a seat give me my ticket let's go uh yeah, so um, that's what I'm hoping continues, and and I hope it's a great season for everybody.
1: I, I feel like, uh, it, I'll, I, you know, this will be my last comment, but um, I, I saw an article posted about you know him saying, "Hey, man, we, there's a lot of unfinished business," and and I always love reading the fan comments because I feel like a lot of the fans should probably be working in the marketing department for some of these teams because they are much more (laughs) clever than the people doing the marketing. But I I saw a a, a guy, um, uh, he commented, he says, Unfinished business, question mark? How about unstarted business? (laughs) And and, and I feel like that, after watching last season in its entirety, that's probably a, a comment that's, you know... Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. earned. Yeah. earned. It's the, yeah, the team stalled <laughs> out last yeah. year.
0: I don't think there's any doubt about that. So thanks for listening, Browns Backers. Again, it's Believe in the Browns with Chuck Campisi and Tony Dick, and we're brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals, Do You Believe? Again, if you enjoy the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. You can find us at Browns Believe. that's at browns b-l-e-a-v on twitter and instagram and you can also find the believe podcast network at believe.com that's blea com, and at b-l-e-a-v podcasts thanks for tuning in talk to you later happy
1: fourth uh, of july wow, early there we go you know chuck <laughs> chuck <Yeah>, <laughs>